Wear your helmet every time you ride. That's what the Motorcycle Safety Foundation says to all motorcycle riders. The MSF believes helmets work, and safety-conscious riders wear helmets by deliberate choice every time they ride. Christians who are serious about winning spiritual battles in the heavenly realms also wear a helmet. It's called the Helmet of Salvation and is part of the armor of God. Without a helmet, your mind is left vulnerable to the devil's attack. He wants to shape your thinking by subtle arguments that rise up against the truth and create strongholds in your life. But with divine power and the helmet of salvation, you can destroy the fortresses of falsehood. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. And be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Those words from Romans 12, verse 2, tell us that as our mind is renewed through time in God's Word and in prayer, it has the power to transform us and to prevent us from the enemy's attempt to poison our minds with his lies. Ron has more next as he continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Stay with us or listen on demand right from our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Putting on the Helmet of Salvation. So let me just summarize here. You and I need salvation. We cannot save ourselves. We are worthy objects of God's love because he created us in his image, and we cannot lose our salvation. Anything less than that is stinking thinking. <laughs> it's bad theology. And you got to take every one of those opposite thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Which brings me to um, the question of how, how more proactively we put on the helmet of salvation. Or if I could use a phrase from elsewhere in the New Testament, a similar phrase, is to put on the mind of Christ. That's really what we're talking about here. Uh, put on the whole armor of God. You're going into spiritual battle. You're in this invisible war. And one of the things among many that you need to do every day is to take up and put on your helmet of salvation. Don't go into the game and into the war without your helmet on. You're going to get your head knocked off. You're going to find yourself easy prey for the devil to take captive your thoughts. So what are some ways to do that? Let's go first to 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16 where it says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Great rhetorical question there, right? The answer is, well, nobody. Nobody completely understands the mind of God, even as it's revealed in the pages of Scripture. Even the Apostle Paul, the great intellect that he was, said some things in here are hard to understand. That's all right. If you easily understood everything that came from the mind of God, he would cease to be God, all right? His intellect, oh my, runs the span of the universe and then some. But he's revealed himself 
his mind in the pages of Scripture. This verse goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. Think about that. Jesus Christ is in the business of redeeming your soul and with that redeeming your mind as well that has been given over to the devil in so many ways. He's saying, no, that mind is mine. I want it back. And he wants to give to us the mind of Christ. How does that happen in a practical way? How do, how do we live our lives with a renewed mind and with thoughts that are in keeping with God? How do we put on the helmet of salvation? Three simple ways. Write these down. Number one, consume the Word of God. Just get ready to consume this book we call the Bible, the inspired inerrant, infallible Word of God. If you want to know the mind of God, read this book. Consume it. Until your, your mind is washed by the truth and the revelation of God and to where your first thought is always from the mind of God. Let me take you to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. And while you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of background here in the book of Joshua. This is the time when the generation, following the generation of those who came out of Egypt, now we're talking about the kids and grandkids of the Egypt generation, are getting ready to go into the promised land. They've been wandering around, their parents and grandparents have been for 40 years. Moses has died, he's off the scene, Joshua is assuming the leadership. And Joshua is shaken in his sandals a little bit, you can kind of tell, because over and over again the Lord says, be strong and very courageous, Joshua. He needed that reminder. The book of Joshua, many people see as, as sort of um, a picture of spiritual war, because this generation of Israelites, led by Joshua, would go into the promised land that was, that was uh, held captive by the enemies of God the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the, all the ites, the termites, all of those. And they had to do battle and uh, had to take possession of what God had already given them. Wonderful picture of the Christian life. Here's how the Lord encouraged Joshua and told him how he would have good success. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. As much of a military leader that Joshua was, and he was a very capable military leader, he was the right guy to take them across the Jordan and fight these battles. Joshua, the most important thing is to saturate your mind with the Word of God and to consume this book. The Lord says, you shall meditate on it day and night. To meditate is to think about it and to think about it again and to think about it again and again and again and again. It starts with reading the Scriptures, then studying the Scriptures, and then meditating and thinking about the scriptures. By the way, in Eastern mysticism, meditation is the practice of emptying your mind. Biblical meditation is all about filling your mind with the Word of God. You meditate upon the scriptures. You memorize the scriptures. David said in the Psalms, thy word have I hid in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. Why? Because the devil wants to take captive every thought you have. And if he can capture your thoughts, he can capture your actions. If he can capture your actions, he can capture your habits. If he can form your habits, he can form your character. And if he has influence on your character, he can determine your destiny at some level. So the Lord says to Joshua, and meditate on this, day and night. The first thought of your day needs to be from God's Word. Discipline yourself for that, friends. Paul says to Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. The discipline, the habit of daily reading God's Word, studying it, meditating upon it, thinking about it throughout the day, carrying it, hiding it in your heart, because you're stepping into battle. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and financial support to help Ron share the gospel through this media ministry. And when you give today, we have an important resource to share with you. Here's Ron with more. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library and pastor. As you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what's been most impactful about the experience? And what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, my relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible. 
and offers the reader a bit of a, a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift. The address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Putting on the Helmet of Salvation. Secondly, obey the Word of God. It's not enough just to consume the Word of God. You read and study and meditate and memorize the Word of God with the intention of putting it into practice, right? Uh, Go back to Joshua. He says, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. What a dangerous place to be as a follower of Jesus Christ to traffic in unapplied truth, to be a hearer of the Word of God but not a doer of it inherent in the idea of uh, uh, even believing on the Lord Jesus Christ from the Hebrew perspective was, I I believe with the intention of obeying. And um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses four through six, Paul ties the idea of spiritual warfare and our obedience and all of that uh, together beautifully when he writes, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. He goes on to say, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. A lot going on in that verse. He talks about strongholds. The devil might have a stronghold, an intellectual stronghold in your mind where where you keep repeating the false Uh, theology and the fake news of the devil about yourself or about God or about the world in which we're in. And what you need is to be renewed in your mind and break that stronghold with, with the truth. And to be in a position where you take captive every thought, every thought, you, 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 you uh, destroy arguments, you challenge the thoughts that come into your mind or that somebody else is trying to put into your mind. And you take captive every thought and you discern whether uh, this is something that leads you to the obedience of Christ. It's an intellectual and mental discipline and there are far too many of us in the body of Christ that are intellectually lazy in our faith, but the battle begins in the mind. You consume the Word of God. You obey the Word of God. Finally, you discern the will of God. Now I want to take you to uh, Proverbs, or rather Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You see, the devil wants to conform you to his way of thinking. That's the mind game that he wants to play on matters of salvation and a whole lot else. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. And then it goes on to say that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How many of you want to know what the will of God is for your life? 
Every hand should go up. I certainly do. You can't know the will of God and discern the will of God apart from the Word of God. It doesn't work that way. God has revealed Himself. He's revealed His mind. He's revealed His will. Now, there may be a decision that you're trying to make as it relates to the will of God in your life, and you can't find a specific chapter and verse. Well, here's what I've found. The more I consume the Word of God with the intention of obeying it, the more I saturate my mind with the thoughts of God, starting with my first thoughts of the day, meditating upon that throughout the day, and just the sum total of that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year of training up my mind to think like God, then the common sense decisions that I make every day tend to be the will of God. Why? Because you are so in tune with the way God thinks. But if you just periodically glance at a verse once in a while and you do the, hmm, let's see, uh, hmm, what? Oh, that must be the will of God. Oh, that's not the way to make decisions. You'll never discern the heart and mind and will of God that way. You've got to consume the Word of God with the intention of obeying it. And as you do, you'll be in a better position to discern the will of God. The will of God that is always good and acceptable and perfect. You never have to fear what the will of God might be because when you get in step and in align with that, you, you, you'll, you'll determine that it's good and it's acceptable and perfect. You'll look back and say, why did I ever struggle with this? Because God's will is always that way. Uh, just a few minutes ago, we sang an old hymn of the faith called Be Thou My Vision. And um, it's been a while since we sang that song, and it's been a while since I, I've looked at even the lyrics, but something jumped out here to me. It says, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, Thy presence, my light. And I, I want us to just make that our prayer this morning and throughout this week. Lord, <laughs> I, I want to see you better. Be thou my vision. Thou my best thought. What are the best thoughts of your day? The most Godward the most holy, the most righteous, the most eternally redeemable thoughts of your day. I, I want them to come from God. I, I, I want them to have something to do with this God who has shared his mind with us. Be thou my best thought by day or by night. It covers the span of our living, right? From the moment you get up in the morning, resist the urge to check this, resist the urge to flip on the television, and start your day here. Because I guarantee you, the next step, the devil will be right there wanting to take captive every thought you have, not to the obedience of Christ, but to his own submission. And he'll play mind games with you, He'll tell you lies, and you have to counter that 
with the regular daily consumption of the mind of God every day, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light, thou my best thought. That's how I, that's how I want to live my life. Because I, I know Ron in and of himself doesn't have the best thoughts. <laughs> if you knew what came through my mind and yours, right? We need to be renewed every day by the Word of God. And put on, take up the helmet of salvation and put on the mind of Christ. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, Putting on the Helmet of Salvation. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. Ron, I see a clear theme these past few days. Consistent time in God's Word is critical to making us able to pick up the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation. Take a couple of minutes to expound on that point, because it seems to me that it may be the most essential part of our walk with Christ. It absolutely is, Brian. If we only visit the Word of God every now and then, or if we avoid it altogether for long stretches, God won't love us any less. But we may begin to love Him less, to love others less, and even love ourselves less. And those things, loving God and loving others as we love ourselves, are the summary of the entire law. Now let's visit the three practical ways to put on the helmet of salvation. First, we consume the Word of God. Second, we obey the Word of God. And third, uh, discern the will of God. Now look at those first two, consume God's Word and obey God's Word. Well, it's far more difficult to do the second if you're not doing the first. Uh, The truth is, it is in consuming God's Word and meditating upon it that we gain the daily infusion of power necessary to obey Him. Because when we consume His Word, we draw closer to Him. We love Him more, which is the first and greatest commandment. And then in turn, we are better able to love others and to love ourselves. So consuming God's Word is the very thing that helps us obey God's Word. If you're having trouble obeying Him, if you find yourself caving into temptation and unable to resist it consistently, well, I submit to you the possibility that you're not spending enough time in His Word. Because the two things, consuming His Word and obeying His Word, well, they work in tandem. And then we come to that last one, discerning the will of God. That, too, is predicated on our willingness to consume God's Word. Romans 12 and verse 2 reminds us that being transformed by the renewing of our mind, that is to say, consuming the truth of God's Word consistently, will ultimately prove to us what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. I I say it often, Brian, that you cannot know the will of God apart from the Word of God. Our calling as believers in Christ is to execute God's will on earth loving Him, loving others, uh, making disciples, fulfilling the Great Commission, and so on. To do that, we first have to commit ourselves to the consistent, continual meditation upon every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's where it begins, Brian, and that's what enables us to obey His Word, to discern His will, and ultimately to carry out His will.
Thanks for that great reminder, Ron, and for today's Something Good radio message, putting on the helmet of salvation. Before we sign off, tell us where you're headed next time as you move ahead in this series. Brian, you've heard the expression, never bring a knife to a gunfight. (laughs) And that's good advice. But I'm here to tell you, we would all do well to bring a sword to a gunfight. Uh, The sword I'm talking about is the Word of God. Now, for the past few days, I've spoken at length about how God's Word helps us pick up the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation. But there's far more to the power of the Word, and in my next message, I'll take a deep dive into what it means to pick up the sword of the Spirit. It all comes your way tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and our whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.